And like, if you would have told me, I don't know, even five years ago, way before I was an entrepreneur, that I was going to be making as much money as I'm making right now, I'd be like, you are freaking nuts. Right. Like, I will never make that much money in my life, let alone in a month or a week or whatever it is. So it's like we get into this world that there are infinite possibilities, but we get into this this limitless world and we're like, holy shit, I can make as much money as I want. I can help as many people as I want. I can live wherever the hell I want. I can drive whatever. I can I can fly first class. I can go to the, like whatever it is and it becomes an addiction. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. Today is a doozy, Jen. You mind giving everybody an overview of what we talked about? Oh, where do we start? <laughs> Creating your own reality, healing yourself, existing at a higher frequency, soul tribe. What what didn't we talk about? We I literally just sub, we just reprogrammed subconscious minds, is what we just did. We we did. And then here's what I got from it. So we've discovered that we might have been brother and sister in previous lives. Are Definitely. you choosing complacency or your soul's mm. calling? Attachment mm. to the results negates their possibility. Mm. How you can go from grinding to manifesting, how your success is pointless if it doesn't create love, joy, abundance, and happiness. A question that everybody should be asking and exercising, which is how can your business and life be more fun? Screw the rules, screw the box, screw it all, come back home to you. If things don't feel good, listen. If you try to do it alone, you lock off the parts of you that would actually make it possible. Alone is a badge of honor that leads to failure. Your network is not your net worth. Our <laughs> tribe reflects the depth we are willing to go with ourselves. Today, I actually found out that I haven't personally birthed the baby. <laughs> you or no results. Your business is a result of the overflow of you. And your ability to receive is a muscle that you can flex to increase your abundance. That was a lot of goodness that we just dropped and that's all that i could write down and i only took right. 20 minutes of the show so there's another 70 that hasn't been documented so jen and i would like to invite you to officially welcome to the show have a good listen have fun and we will see you in the episode uh full disclosure because that's how i run this podcast i just completed a therapy session with today's guest um, she is an absolute queen the queen of energetics magnetism alignment intuition I would describe it as the woman who creates possibility for other women to reclaim their sovereignty and love every fucking minute of it. Her and her husband are two of my favorite people. I think our souls had contracts with each other in previous lives because we have run by, ran by, and somehow even bumped into each other while remembering before we ever officially met. And so it was meant to be just like today's podcast. So I would like to welcome to the show, the amazing Jen Kennedy. Oh my God. I love you so much. I'm just going to, I'm just going to have you be like semi voice memos every morning of just that intro right there. Done. Done. That's like, <laughs> I know it I'm is in. actually. <laughs> like I'm like, I'm in. I'm like, Jen, you know me. Like I'm in. Like if I, part of my dream and the only reason I love coaching people or helping people is because like one of my favorite things to do is to like fill people's buckets and 
everybody on my show knows this. I like secretly obsess about freestyle rap. I watch like I didn't know about this. Yeah. So here's the deal. Okay. I'm not big into like big popular stuff, but I love watching these underdogs be able to use words to articulate feelings and meanings. And so I watch like two to three videos a week of like Harry Mack or Logic or Mac Miller or Mac Lethal or Brother Ali. And I feel like I've always had this want or desire to express, but I was never musical. I didn't have a voice. I didn't really like instruments. And then I realized when I became a speaker, every time I would write a talk, I would feel trapped and I would leave that talk feeling empty and worse than I started. And then Mm. it was one talk I gave, I threw the whole thing out and I asked the audience what their biggest pain points were. And I had a piece of paper in front of me and I wrote them down and I gave this keynote off the top of my head and it was the most powerful talk I'd ever given. And then I was like, oh my God, this is my outlet. Yeah. Outlet. And so I literally, my goal for every intro of the podcast, Jen, is that everybody leaves and they want the sound clip for me to be their hype man. That's it. (laughs) You're doing a great job. You're crushing this desire of yours. I'm really, yeah. And like even Angie, like, you know, Angie Lee, when Angie was on, I was whipping out baby grandma shitting her pants on Instagram. And she's like, how do you remember all of this, George? And I was like, well, we're friends, Angie. I stalk your Instagram. You know, You're like, I know you pooped your pants. It's fine. I know. I'm going to talk about it. I'm like, I know it. And she and so, yeah. So anytime, Jen. Oh, my God. seven Voxer is the best because then you can play it back. Slow, oh, oh, uh, I know. Whatever. You, speed. you and I are probably like three, four X people. Let's be honest. honest. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's yep. the rule of my friends. If you, like my, my clients all in Voxer, but my friends, I'm like, if you send me a voice memo that's over one minute on iMessage, I'm not going to listen to it and put that in Voxer. Like, I love you. Dude, I swear and... to God, we are brother and sister. <laughs> we definitely have done this many, many, many lives together. Like many, many lives. <laughs> like for, for those of you listening, like Jen and I have officially like known each other in person for a couple of months. We have dear mutual friends that are like reverent to me, like, and so yes. they're in. And then for those of you wondering, you remember I used to own a company called Civilized Caveman. Well, I gave that company to one of their best friends and then yep. him and I still talk. And then we were talking before the show and I was like, Jen, what's your Instagram? And she's like, well, it's the Jen Kennedy. And I was like, funny story. Do you know why mine? <laughs> it's George Bryant. And she's like, why? I'm like, because there's an 86-year-old realtor in Michigan who decided he wanted to retire and not give me the name. And she's like, there's a woman named Jem Kennedy that won't give me hers either. And she hasn't posted in five years. And I was like, I yeah, she's a cat lady and won't let me have her account. I'm like, come on, guys. So we just weren't meant to be that. We meant we were meant to have the and it's like we're just, it we're just meant to. And well, it and is. It's so an it open is. my GoDaddy account. Maybe it wasn't destined to be it's because if you look at my GoDaddy account, I have about every iteration of the. Mind <laughs> of George, blank, uh, one shot. And I mean, like the craziest idea. I think I owned like 500 domains at one point. And then yeah, I was that's like, excessive. And I was like, oh, these were all really good ideas. But um, that whole thing of like ideas are really shit until you do something with them. I should probably. Right. There's something about that. Wait a second. There's something. <laughs> and then everyone's like, George, why'd you do that podcast called Hoarding Potential? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I was coaching myself in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> the thing with podcasts it's like you're just giving yourself the medicine that you know that you need and just giving it for other people you're like all right well glad we all got that one 
Oh, it's so funny. We were actually talking before we even started about like entrepreneurship being a forced Parkinson's law of therapy if you choose to use it that way. Oh my gosh. Well, you should use it that way. Well, I think, and I would actually love to even start here because I think yeah. what I've started to notice, what I think is really, really interesting is that the state of the world that we've been living in and we've been seeing is that, you know, two and a half years ago, if we started talking about how you're masking with entrepreneurship, or you're covering with money, everyone's like, you're out of your mind. I'm grinding, I'm hustling. But the, yeah. the container shift of the paradigm of like separating humanity mm-hmm. and then putting them in a place where the only place to get their bucket full of connection was through the internet has created yes. a massive shift in the paradigm. And the discernment makes my heart happy because mm-hmm. I'm watching like snake oil dissipate. Like I'm watching yep. things go away because of people's discernment. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, like this is a good catalyst for people. And yeah, so I, I, I thought it was really interesting because I've been reflecting a ton on it. I've been reflecting a ton on it. Yeah, well, it forced people to it forced people to go inward, right? Like it forced people in lockdowns and people, I mean, you and I both made massive moves during the, during, you know, whatever we want to call the, the last two years. Um, we made massive moves because it forced people. I think it did two things. I think it forced either people into complacency and into fear, or it forced people into what is your soul really calling you to do? And which was going inward, connecting more with ourselves because we quite literally didn't have another choice. But then also really listening to our soul calling of like, what is the life that you really are wanting to lead? And that's what it did for my husband, Pat and I. Like we, we sat down literally and March 31st when he was forced to stay home from his career, you know, 2020 now. And we looked at each other, we're like, what's the life that we really want to live? Like, what is, what is our truth? Not what are we like following in the Midwest way and the Midwest mentality, but like, what is the life that we truly want to live? And we had to go inward. We had to go inward myself as a, as a couple, you know, like, and really look at like, why am I doing this as an entrepreneur? Why am I choosing this path? Why money? Why this impact? Why this leadership? So that's the way that, that it rolled for us. And I know it rolled for you in the same way. I just going to say this now. I'm going to cry a shit ton on today's episode. It's <laughs> It is like, well, if you cry, I'll probably cry. <laughs> I'm like, it's in my esophagus. Like, that's where I feel it right now. Like, I feel like I have a, a fish tank coming up my esophagus, like thinking about those moments. Um, yes. You know, like I, I was talking to Jen for everybody listening before this, and I realized that, um, you know, in this vein, and Jen, I'm going to want your thoughts on this because you're the queen, queen of this. But what we were basically talking about is that, you know, entrepreneurship is this celebrated addiction, right? Like people yeah. get rewarded for this addiction and, and not all entrepreneurs are there, but it, it, it's one of the biggest mirrors that we can ever have as a human being. And, you know, for me, it was always based on my story and my past was like, well, no matter what you throw at me, I'm going to beat it. I'm going to beat it, right? Like I'll make it, I'll survive. I've been through all of it. But I realized that even during COVID, like I got murdered. And rather than me going to my feelings and being like, why does this feel so crazy? What is happening? I went immediate to action. Like I reacted just like I was in combat, right? And I started building and getting out but it actually never felt good again. It never felt good again. It was like, oh, I'm checking the boxes, right? I'm doing the thing. I launched the show. I got the money. I got the deal, but like something was missing. And it was crazy though, because I think pre, I call it shit show. So I'm going to call it pre shit show. Um, I like that. That's a good one. That's mine. Pre shit show. I would have just kept going. 
and been yep. like, this is life. This is what yep. it feels like. Keep the grind. Post shit show, the amount of time that is now spent in reflection and with self had basically gave me two choices. And it was like, okay, cool. Yeah. You can either feel this or you can mm -hmm. lose it. Yeah. And it was only one of those two options. And mm -hmm. I, I, I don't talk about this enough, but I, I think a lot of people listening to this, like um, my team messaged me the other day. My wife was talking to me like, you need to tell people what it was like. And I, yeah. and I was like, wow, like I teach this and I preach this and I tell people that like, we're all human. We all put our pants on the same. And I was like, but I've been hiding and talking about it rather than being it. Mm. And so for everybody listening, it's still fucking hard, but I love every ounce of it because I feel so deeply. Right. That's it the biggest thing. Like it's, it is hard and it is freaking terrifying. And mm -hmm. it, there, there are so many ups. Like that's the thing is like, this is a fucking roller coaster. Like we literally are riding a roller coaster, but we don't know if it's going to end. And we don't know how big the job is. And sometimes we're blindfolded. And sometimes we don't know if our seatbelt's on. Like, this is literally a roller coaster that we have as entrepreneurs. And it's so important for, for us as entrepreneurs not to get caught up in the addiction and the checking of the boxes and thinking that the next dollar amount or the next full event or the next full program or full mastermind is going to give us happiness, abundance, freedom, joy, you know, whatever it is that we're, that we're searching for. Because we are in this world where like, we do the most extraordinary things. Like if you would have told me, I know, I know your past. And like, if you would have told me, I don't know, even five years ago, way before I was an entrepreneur that I was going to be making as much money as I'm making right now, I'd be like, you are freaking nuts. Right. I will never make that much money in my life, let alone in a month or a week or whatever it is. So it's like, we get into this world that there are infinite possibilities. And we know this because we know that we're actually souls in a human body. And the human is the one that has the limits and the soul is the one that's limitless. But we get into this, this limitless world and we're like, holy shit, I can make as much money as I want. I can help as many people as I want. I can live wherever the hell I want. I can drive whatever. I can, I can fly first class. I can go to the, like, whatever it is. And it becomes an addiction if we are not fully fulfilled within ourselves. Like the money and the status and all of it, like it is only going to get you more of the same. And so you're right. The shit show showed us like, look at, you're getting more of the same. Yeah. And, but you can't go anywhere. You can't go with your, you can't go do all of this uh -huh. stuff right now. So the real place to look is within like the real place to look is within. Yeah. And I, I love this because I've even started to catch it. Right. Like mm -hmm. and, and for everybody listening, like I'm going to, it's all coming out. Like I was catching, I saw everybody was at a, an event the other day and I was like, wait, why am I not at that event? That's where I used to make all my money. I would go to events. I would meet people. And I was like, wait, stop why do I feel like I need to be at this event? And then I like really mm -hmm. dug in and I was like, oh, because it gives me a reason to run from my life to go get right. a ton of dopamine and validation and edification yep. that I don't need to then right. miss my family and want to come back the whole time because I have it think that, oh, I have to see them in person. And I was like, but if I open my phone, I'm one step away from each one of those people. Right. And so it's right. been really interesting to notice and unraveling. And, and there's something mm -hmm. I want to ask you about because you said this. And yes, um, today's podcast is about you. Everybody listening has heard way <laughs> enough about me. Um, but that whole concept and, and, and watching you, like I do this for a living. I watch people. I coach people. Like I'm that mm -hmm. guy. And like watching you be an embodiment of mm -hmm. everything that you teach and preach is a fucking blessing. 
It is no, thank you. so refreshing and so mm -hmm. disarming because it's true. Like there's no difference between the gen I see online and the gen I know in person to the gen that your friends describe you as to the gen that mm -hmm. I experience when other people say it. It's mm -hmm. truly aligned. Thank you. But the reason I'm saying that is I watch way too many people miss the actual ingredients that make that possible yeah. and latch onto the tactics that think yep. it's going to be recreated. Right. And this right. is something that you are the queen at. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about that and knowing your numbers and what you're doing, I was like, well, yeah, yeah. of course, like from the outside, I'm like, that was the only thing that you had. But what mm -hmm. I love that you embody, and I want you to talk about this for a minute, is like, I see this true, like, and I mean truly embodied unattachment to the result, yeah. but full ownership of the input. Mm. Thank you. What is First that? off, thank you're, you. <laughs> you're welcome. What does that number one feel like, right? Mm -hmm. But number two, what does that look like? Because... Um. This whole concept of like, well, I have to do these things or X amount of posts or check these boxes or, or hit yeah. that thing is a dance on that roller coaster. Mm. So I would love to hear what that's like for you, like what that process mm. is like. Yeah. You know, I wasn't always like that. I think it's really important to say that because just a couple of years ago, I was grinding. I was checking the boxes. You know, I, I hired the best coaches that there was in the industry, the most successful multi-million dollar coaches. And I just did what they told me. What? <laughs> I didn't know you back then, all right? Sorry. 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 I had a little shadow creep out for a minute. I was like, wait. No, I'm just I'm totally kidding. I just needed to laugh for a minute. <laughs> I'm like, listen, I didn't know you back then, all right? I probably would have hired you and I would have just done everything you told me to do. We were, our souls were ready to be in a relationship yet. They were. We know this already. We know that. We're here. So, you know, but, but it was, and honestly, a couple of years ago, you were probably very much still like we probably both a couple of years ago were in that grind. And so that's what I was doing. You know, I was a yeah. teacher for eight and a half years and I was from the Midwest and nobody does this shit in the Midwest. Like I was the crazy one. So I was like, well, I want to break free of this. I saw what was possible for other people. And I was like, I, I just always have believed if it's possible for somebody else, I find myself in their story and then I know it's possible for me. So I just, when I first became an entrepreneur back at the very end of 2018, I literally just started to do what everyone told me to do. And then I was like, well, this kind of sucks because I literally am just like, I'm just like somebody gives me a playbook and I just run the plays. Like, it's not fun running the plays. It's, it's fun to know what to do and how, and you've got to be a really good athlete in order to run the plays. Mm -hmm. So I started about last year is really when all that shift happened. And the reason why it happened is because I found myself successful, right? Whatever people's definition of success was, I was successful at that time. But inside of me, I was like, okay, I don't like this. Like, I don't, I'm, that doesn't feel good to me. Like, I don't wake up, I would wake up and look at my calendar and be like, that's what I got to do today. And I was like, honestly, at this point in time, I'd rather just go teach the kids. I was having, I would wait, those kids would wake me up and I'd go to school and hang out with kids all day long, right? Like, that was way more fun. And I was like, I just created a job for myself. So, like, there's got to be another way. Like, I can't do, like, yeah, the money's cool, the money's great, blah, 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 but the money's nothing if I don't have happiness, love, and fulfillment, and joy within my heart. And so I was like, I got to do this a different way. And this is when I came into the world of energetics and spirituality and co-creation and alignment and using the laws of the universe, because everything I realized was the result of me. And this is the most simple aspect of self-development. And we all know this. Our outside world is a direct reflection of our internal reality, right? Like we create our outside world. 
And I was doing that and getting success. And I was like, well, how can it be more fun? How can it like, how can I just like break the mold, like go from the new paradigm, the old paradigm to the new paradigm and just really do things my own way. And this is when I started to really dive deep into my spirituality and my healing and what I knew as my truth and let go of all these stories and came back home to who the hell I was and who I meant to be. And in my world and like pulling from my past lives and why the hell my soul chose to came here, come here right now during this crazy time. And I started to just really live my own truth. And in that was, it, it is embodiment. I, I strongly believe that everything that we teach, everything that we lead, it needs to come from a place of that it's deep, it's ingrained with every cell of my being. It's programmed in every cell of my being. Like this is just who I am. So yes, whether we're at the top of a ski hill in Montana or whether I'm here in Austin or in Costa Rica, or we're sitting here in front of this, te- you know, this, this screen that we have, like everything is fully myself because I didn't want to, I had so many coaches that told me like, you've got to be professional. You can't say this. You've got to do this. Like I had, I had people tell me like, don't show your husband on Instagram. He's not a part of your brand. And I'm like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my husband. Like, you know, the man I'm like, so I just started to say, screw all the rules, screw the playbook that everyone told me that's going to teach me how to win this, you know, this game of making money. doesn't actually have a finish line. The game that is just playing the game. Oh, like you're not even like, it's just, yes, you're, there's like, you don't even know how to win the game. You're just playing the game. You don't even know how to win. And I was like, screw it all. I'm burning it all to the ground. And I'm just coming back home to who the hell I am and who I'm meant to be. And then I realized that the strategy wasn't do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. The strategy was me. The strategy was my alignment and the strategy was my energetics and the strategy was my truth. And when I started to do that, that is when all of the massive amounts of money started coming into my life. That's when I actually found my soul tribe, like my deep friends. This is when I started working with with the most amazing, you know, dream clients that I love and I'm obsessed with. Like this is when my relationship my, with my husband started going to this, these next levels because I came back home to who the hell I am and who I'm meant to be. And like this industry doesn't need more of the same. It doesn't need more playbooks, more of this, more funnels, more of that. Like it needs more authenticity and more alignment and more truth. And that's became my mission. This was like beginning of last year. That just became my mission and that became my truth and that became my North Star. And I will never, I will never deviate away from it. We could make this a Joe Rogan show, by the way. I have full <laughs> hours of questions for you. Like, I love this. I'm like, I'm like, no, no, no. Some somewhere we were we were siblings. We got along, but yeah, we 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 got it. I'm like we were like the siblings though, like we dicked around. Like we like we oh, yeah. were we like we did some things. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, totally, totally, but never enough that it would be too bad, but it was just enough mischievousness that I was like, oh, yeah, don't. Yeah, we didn't like hurt people. We oh, just no, 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 tripped them it, and stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have, oh, yeah. I have, I have some karmic debt that I've in this lifetime I've been working on, and it's, it's very rewarding now. So <laughs> let me unpack so many things. So, first off, thank you for sharing that uh, from right. such a beautiful perspective. And, and this is why I love your perspective. Like the other day, I did a podcast on, um, there are no more tools. It's the person who holds the tool where the work matters, right? right? Like I watch right. people in entrepreneurship just try to put 17 fucking hammers in their toolbox instead of picking up the one that they have. And right. I tell people like a hammer doesn't build a house. A carpenter using the hammer builds the house. It's his vision. It's his skill. It's his everything yeah. gets there. And I love this. And in, in theory, it's like, oh, I came back home. Like, yeah, I'm coming back home. Yeah, cool. Um, 
just like the conversation before, it's a process. Yeah. It's not a choice. It's not a light switch. It's not rigid. I would say in my own experience, it's it's almost a, a lap around that modulating roller coaster in that what it's mm-hmm. like. And so for you, when you went from like, okay, I was a teacher. Now I'm doing this and I'm having success, but I'm unfulfilled, right? Like I'm doing yeah. this, but I left a job to create a job that I own and I now Oh, this is a weird boss employee relationship. Right. 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 And then you realize like, there's got to be more. I want more. Mm-hmm. What did that look like? Was it like, okay, we need to sit down and really have a come to integrous conversation about like, what is it that I truly want? Mm-hmm. And then take a step. Or was it, I'm going to just start trying things that make my heart happy and break mm-hmm. the rules. And then mm-hmm. iterate. Like, what was that process like for you? Yeah. Honestly, it was the most terrifying process I've ever done yes. in my life because I didn't, like, it was the second one. It was like, I had this amazing business and I was working with the, the most incredible woman at the time as a business mentor. And we mapped out this, this whole, you know, like spreadsheet, very masculine energy, this whole spreadsheet of the million dollar plan. You know, it was like this very, like, do this and this and this. And I remember sitting there, it was, it was actually like February of last year of 2021. And I was like, in my, like my heart, my soul, like everything was just like, this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel good. And I always honor, like, if something doesn't feel good, that's your job. Things should feel good. Like things should feel good. So I remember going to my husband, we were living in an RV at the time, traveling all over, you know, the U S and I looked at him and I was like, I'm about to blow up my business. And he's like, excuse me. My husband had just left his job like six months prior, right. To, to come into the business and do this life together. I've got this amazing team. My mom is on my team who is like our freaking rock. Like my mom is our rock. Like she is like my backbone. And I'm like, so I got my mom on my team. Right. And then I've got an, an assistant, Chelsea, who's a freaking phenomenal, like just assistant. And I'm like, Pat's like, what do you mean you're blowing up your business? Like, I've got a team. Like, I've got, I've got so many things going on, right? I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like, it doesn't feel good to my heart and my soul. There's something so much bigger and I'm just blowing it up. He's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, I have no fucking idea. I have no idea. I have no idea. He's like, what do you mean you have no idea? I'm like, I literally have no idea. All I knew, George, I, I, was, I was given a little buzz, right, from my, from my team that this was going to be our million dollar year. Last year, I was like, this is going to be your million dollar year. And I sat with it and I was like, okay, if I genuinely trust and I know that this is going to be our million dollar year, this is going to be our seven figure year. This is going to be like the biggest year of our business yet for obviously myself, but more, most importantly, the the women in the work that I do and who I impact. If I genuinely have trust and certainty and I have a knowing an inner knowing that this is my million dollar year, then why the hell wouldn't I blow this up and just do it feels good. Mm -hmm. So I literally blew up the whole business. I told the team, this is what we're doing. I still remember the zoom call. They're looking at me like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm blowing it all up. We're burning it to the ground. And they're like, well, what are we going to do? And I was like, we're going to have a lot of freaking fun figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And I just let myself go have fun figuring it out. And before I knew it, we were manifesting like crazy. I was collapsing time like crazy. Everything was growing like crazy because it didn't matter what the plays were. It mattered who I was. It mattered like I can make the plays as I go. Mm-hmm. You know, and now this year we've got more of a structure and everything. But all of last year, it was just like, what would light your freaking soul on fire? What do you want women to know? What do you want to teach people? What do you want to activate within them? And it was absolutely terrifying because here I am, like I'm responsible for a team of three humans. Two are the ones that I love more than anything in this world. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm just going to blow it up. But I had that such deep trust that my faith and my trust in like my relationship with myself, with divine, with, with my squad, that's all up and around me. 
my relationship and my trust and my faith rose above fear any day, all day long. And I also know that like, I hold such a strong power in who it is that I am. And I just trusted in that power. I was like, you're going to, it's going to, I literally tell, this is going to be the best story to tell people like in a year from now, like, yep, I blew it all up. And then this is what we have now. And, but it was terrifying. It was yeah, so terrifying. I love, how, I love how you blew it up and your best year became your best month. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't work. Like, no, no, don't, don't, don't take a chance. Like, don't listen. No. What was your, what was your absolute like favorite part to blow up? Like, I remember when I started in internet marketing from a place of like trauma and scarcity, like I was the guy, yes. I never did upsells or anything, but I was like, I'm in, I was in the bundle craze. Like I'm in a million dollars of the bundle in an ebook. And then I was like, there came a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like it doesn't yeah. fucking feel good. And you know, yeah. I don't talk about this a lot, but you know, Josh, yeah. and a lot of people don't know what happened. And so my mm. wife was eight months pregnant. Mm. We were about three weeks away from bankruptcy. Mm. I was burning about 50 grand a month in just mm -hmm. frivolous expenses. Like I was like, oh, it's still fix itself. I went to the jungle. I sat with mother and I did that whole week in silence, sacred silence, mm. which for somebody like me who uses. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that'd be difficult for you. <laughs> um, to not feel his feelings was a very right. intense thing. And this is what's crazy, right. Jen. I was like, what do I have to lose? I'm like, well, kind of everything. But wait, everything already feels like it's on its way out. Right. And I had this thought and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And like, just for context, I'm at the height of my career. I had a number one app, a 22-week New York Times bestselling book. I had millions of fans, 3 million people a month on my website. Like, it was crazy. And I was literally sitting there in stillness, and I was like, I have to give it away tomorrow. Mm. And I sat with it, and only one name popped up, and it was Josh. Mm. And here's why. Josh was in my mastermind, but also I asked myself, I said, I have an amazing audience of human beings. Who do I know? that will take care of them as people. Mm. And Josh popped it and I did the first, and this is what's crazy, Jen. That was the first decision I ever made on my own, completely mm. unattached to what anybody else thought. And it was That's not so a true. decision. My no. wife was like, what are you doing? My team was like, you're fucking nuts. My friends were yeah. like, you're an idiot. And I was like, well, we knew that already. So tell me something I don't know. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I called Josh and it, Josh had just landed in Austin. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Hey man, listen, I need you to be present for this. Cause this is not going to sound normal. And he's like, okay. And I was like, are you open? He said, yes. I said, can I give you my company? And mm -hmm. he was like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm better mm -hmm. than okay. Listen to me. And we talked for like an hour and I said, Tomorrow, I will put you on the phone with the team. They will transfer everything. It is loaded with potential. Take care of people. And uh, it was one of the scariest fucking things I've ever done in my life. Ever. Yeah. And to this day, I still am a little shell-shocked that I did it. But yeah. it took about two and a half, three years. And then it clicked for me. And I was like, yeah. Oh. I kept telling everybody that I kept trying to write another chapter to that book. But it needed yep. conclusion. It needed to be closed. It was it needed, needed you needed to write a new book. Because what I realized is I started that company to heal my bulimia, mm -hmm. to become an entrepreneur, 
to transition out of the trauma fest of the military. And then I kept trying to hold on to it. And it like had become a part of my identity and it was stopping me from everything. And so when I let it go, definitely wasn't easy, but it's really funny because it was like a reset button with a whole new different set of skills. Like I'd made mistakes, I'd done it all. And like, I went from zero to one of the top highest paid digital marketing consultants in the world in less than a year. Yeah. And I went from bankruptcy basically to, um, Mm. you know, and out, but it all came from the same thing. And, and this willingness to step in and to do it is, is huge. And so I just want to applaud you Mm. and like, just like the way that you've done it and embody it is fucking beautiful. Thank you. And I want to ask a question about my story that I shared with you, because you said this earlier, and I think this is one of the most profound things is you said, if Mm. things don't feel good, listen. Mm-hmm. what I struggled with was trusting my feelings. Right. Because I was like, is this from a place of scarcity, trauma, yeah. or abundance mm-hmm. and possibility? And right. I didn't know how to discern that. And so mm-hmm. I would lean into my feelings and like, I'd say three out of 10 times I was right. And seven out of 10, I was completely <laughs> Uh, not the best batting average there. <laughs> now I would say it's about 9.9 out of 10, right? Yeah. Was there a process for you in in learning how to trust that and like build mm. more to that? Because I know the amount of people that are listening that are like, well, I have this, but something's missing. Or, you know, we mm-hmm. said it earlier, like, when was the last time you asked yourself, how can my business be more fun? Yeah. How can it be more blank or be more enjoyable. And I think all of that really comes down to feelings. Yeah. Entrepreneurship, we live in a world that it's basically designed to prevent you from feeling your feelings. And so what was that like for you? Did you lean into Mm. the process? Did you have a stillness practice? Did you journal? Did you like, was there things that you did that helped you navigate those waters? Yeah. It's a great question. You know, I mean, it's, we have such similar backgrounds. I also had, you know, an eating disorder for so, so much of my adult life. I, you know, came from divorced parents when I was five years old. They got divorced. My dad's been married three times now. You know, my dad's a recovering addict and alcoholic. You know, he's gratefully been sober for over 13 years now. Um, you know, growing up with a single mom and we never had money. We were always afraid that we were going to lose our house. You know, so I grew up as the oldest daughter that takes on a lot. You know, like the the oldest sibling of a family just takes on a lot, especially in a single parent household, because the single mom doesn't often have people that they can talk to about it. So then you just talk to your oldest daughter. So I I grew up way too fast. I grew up way too fast. And I took on responsibilities that I that I wasn't supposed to have way, 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 way too young. You know, I had three jobs a day. I turned 14. I was always grinding in, in college. You know, like I was in college when I was also working as a waitress and I was a babysitter. And then literally the June of 2019, when I left teaching was the first time that I only had one job and as an entrepreneur, because when I was teaching, I also was tutoring and then I was starting my business. Like, and I I was getting my master's degree. Like I, I've always stacked so much on my plate. And because of all of that, where so much of this, this trauma resides or where it starts and then it forces you to numb your emotions. It forces you not to listen to yourself. It forces you to look externally. And I love that you said that earlier of like, this is the first decision I've ever made for myself. I was the queen of like, okay, 
who do I know that can help me with this? And I would call like seven people and then get seven different answers. And then I'd call my mom and she'd always give me the same freaking answer, which was, you need to make this decision yourself. And I was like, why do I even call you to ask you these damn questions, mom? <laughs> like grateful that she always forced that upon me. I didn't, didn't click till I was like 30. But, you know, I, I numbed my emotions for the majority of my life. And I didn't listen to them because I thought that my emotions as a woman made me weak. I thought that my emotions made me made me powerless. I thought that they were just this crazy out of control thing. And especially as women, we have cycles that mess with our emotions, you know, that affect our emotions every single month. So I was taught all of these horrible things about my feelings and my emotions. And so coming back home and actually realizing, number one, the power that I have with my emotions, but number two, that it was safe to feel them. I remember, George, you know, our huge conversation we had before this, and this just is now coming up. I'll never forget the first day that I, when I, okay, I met Pat, fell in love really super quick, right back. How could, in how could you not like love it? Okay. okay. Right. Right. Everyone loves my husband. He's like, I mean, I'm a, I fell in love with him. So, you know, falling in love. I'm like, you're my person, whatever this is, you know, the couple months into our relationship, we get into our first argument. Couldn't tell you 99% of arguments. Couldn't tell you what the hell it was. Right. I had two glasses of wine. So you have to add that to the mix. Okay. And Pat looks at me and dead in the eyes. And he goes, Jenna. I'm like, yes. He's like, strength is not doing it alone. It's opening up. It's letting me in and it's letting me help you. And in that moment, if I didn't drink two glasses of wine, I would have said a few choice words to him, grabbed all of my belongings and never seen the man again. But since I, since I drank two glasses of wine, I knew that I couldn't drive home. So I think I still probably said a few choice words to him, went to sleep, woke up the next morning. And I was like, I, before I opened my eyes, I was like, damn it, you got to break up with him. Like, this is it. Like you thought it was, he thought that he was the one. He's clearly not the one, like can't do it. It was, it was so terrifying to me to number one, feel my emotions, but to number two, let somebody also into my emotions. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I was like, I got to break up with them. So I like opened my eyes, rolled over. And then I looked at him and then like, thank God my highest self tapped in and was like, no, he's right. And obviously I didn't break up with him because here we are married and, <laughs> you know, still, still doing this whole thing. But, you know, that was the first time in 2014 that I actually considered letting somebody else into my feelings, which means I wasn't actually considering letting myself into my feelings. And so much of healing yeah, well, my eating disorder. Can you please say that again? <laughs> that could, Jen, that could not be brushed over. <laughs> I said this is, it was the first time in my life that I ever let someone into my feelings, which means it was the first time that I was actually willing to accept my own feelings. Mm -hmm. And thank God for that man, right, who's, who opened up those doors for me. And, you know, from that point on, I started to really, truly get in touch with my feelings and my emotions. And I started to be able to discern the difference between fear and possibility. And I started to really listen to what my emotions are saying. And emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence became something that I just kind of became obsessed with studying. And that's what I studied all in my first my first postgraduate degree was emotional intelligence and realizing that if we can master our emotions, if we can really understand our emotions, if we can really become friends and love our emotions, like, hello, the ener the universe speaks in energetics and emotions. You can master energetics and emotional intelligence. You can have whatever it is that you desire in this world, plus the most amazing, happy, fulfilled life. So very long answer to your question, which I know that you have long answers to questions. <laughs> Well, that's what you were talking to. <laughs> right? I'm like, you were the last person on this earth that I need to say that that was a long, long <laughs> explanation. 
But I started to do that work. And when I became an entrepreneur, I realized how important that work was because I realized that if I really wanted to shift and evolve and change, I had to, I had to become really in tune with those emotions. So as I was evolving in and, and expanding, it, it was like, there were a lot of emotions, but I always sat with like, okay, what is my heart and my soul telling me to do? Like I am guided by a force that's so much greater than me to a really big mission in this world. If the vision is in me, the vision is for me. And so is this just seven-year-old Jen that's terrified to take a risk? Or is this like, like, what is this? Right? What is this? And so I started to really when emotions came up, happiness, sadness, really like the, I'm using air quotes, everyone who can't see this, like there are no bad emotions, but people think, you know, bad, like the bad emotions, right? Like sadness, frustration, shame, guilt, like all, when those emotions came up, I sat with them and I was, and it, this is a practice of stillness. And I was like, okay, like, why do you feel sad? Why do you feel frustrated right now? And I, like you, George, I am an emotional processor. I'm a, a verbal processor. Yeah. And thank God our spouses are amazing sounding boards because I would be like, hey, Pat, I need to speak this out loud. I don't need you to say anything. I need to just speak this out loud. And if you hear anything, tell me, but I just need to talk. And that became a big practice of mine yeah. as I worked through fear and worked through doubt and worked through just all of those those feelings that are not comfortable to work through so that I could really get to that place where I could be clear on where it was that I was going. Would it be a fair assessment um, or like, yeah, summary to say that a lot of the feelings, like the fear, the I'm not going to make it, like all those feelings weren't actually feelings. They were actually just labels for you finding a way back home, right? Because 100%. Yeah, because like the reason I'm asking, like, I don't think you really know, Jen, like you, I worked three jobs at 13 and 14. Jen, Why are I went in the Marine Corps <laughs> as an active duty Marine. I had two part-time jobs because I was convinced it was the only way to not end up an addict and homeless and in death and destruction in the world that I grew up in. And so like yeah. I would get to work at 4.30 in the morning and leave at 6 p.m. And then I would go deliver pizzas from like 7 to 10. And then on Fridays and Saturdays, I would bounce until 4 a.m. because I was jacked. And so that was like, I have to do this. It's the only way to get through this. Like, and yeah. I, I, like, I even lied when I was 13, I forged working papers because I was homeless and mm. I needed money. And so my first job besides the paper route is I was the skate guard at the rink. I get to yell at you for going too fast on ice skate. I see that. And then it was so good because I would get to go fast to yell at you to slow down. <laughs> and if that's not foreshadowing for my trauma and what I had to do in my life, like, Nothing is. And I don't know what is. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what is, but I, I'm, I'm asking that because like even recording the show with you today based on like what's been coming up in my life is that one of the things that I've always prided myself on is being the human and being okay with it. Like I'm wearing a hoodie that says mm -hmm. unapologetically authentic. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's a hard road sometimes to be so open yeah. about bulimia and sexual abuse and all of those parts. But it's also a practice because it's a muscle because I didn't realize for the last couple of months I've fallen out of it. And mm. I was standing over here like talking about things and I was like, oh, I'm not being those things. I'm missing the beingness in these things. And it's yeah, what it feels like is I'm coming to a new home is what it feels like. Mm. It's like I'm coming to a new home to where like my home home, like I live in heaven. Like this is where I'm going to die. Like hopefully yeah. you know, 56 years from now, I'll just make up a number. But yes, this is where <laughs> I'm, I'm going to die. And everything that you're saying rings so true to me 
because there's so many moments in my entrepreneurial life and in my life and everybody listening to this to like, it fucking feels impossible. Like there's no way I can step. There's no way I can move. But if right. I think about every one of those moments and reflect back now, yeah, it was easy yep. and it was the perfect step to take. Right. And right. you're talking about this and like coming back home and finding home. I think the biggest thing that I keep hearing is an undertow. And, and I don't mm. know if you've said it openly, but for everybody listening is that there's one thing that's carrying you all the way through is that when all of these things happen, when these fears and these insecurities on this thing is that the only place you went was in. Mm -hmm. And then even when you were off gassing or Pat, can you listen? You were sounding yeah. the process to go in and to go in. Right. And to go in. Right. And I feel like it's a lost art because for me, yeah. going in for years, I had convinced myself that I was going in and I was going in, but I was only going into the depth and the level that I could at that moment. For and sure. now as I've continued to grow, going in is not a check a box. I went in. It's a every mm -hmm. day in every moment. Going mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. okay, got it. I think that I should do, hold on. How do I feel? Yep. Right. Yeah. And the, the old personal development adage of like, it's not do be have, it's be do have. Mm -hmm. is something that you truly embody. And so mm. one of the things that you said, and you've said this quite a few times about your soul tribe. Okay? Yeah. I love this concept because I understand what it means. And you gave some mm. allusion to Pat and some other things mm -hmm. like that. But I can give a direct correlation in my career based on my circle, right? where I've hit the level that I've hit. Because like, for those of you know, Stephanos has been on the show uh, quite a few times. He's my husband. We are the only ones allowed to have, you know, open relationships with each other. Our wives don't mind. They just had a baby three <laughs> days ago. And it's so I, know, I saw that. It's so beautiful. Uh, but, you know, one of my favorite things about him is that we have each other's tickets punched. And what yeah. I mean by that is like, I'll get a message from him and I'll respond. I'll be like, fuck you. I'm not answering that. He's like, damn it. You're right. Mm. I should have said it. And then I'll send one and he'll be like, stop fishing and feeling all codependent on me. And I'm like, mm. I love you and eat you at the same time. Right. And then it's mm. like, my world is burning. What do I do? And he's like, do you feel something? And I said, yeah. I said, sit with it until you don't. <laughs> yep. And it's one of the most beautiful things to have. Yep. So when it you is. say soul tribe, yeah, what do you look for? What do you mean? Mm. How do you even find them? Mm. Because I've realized that just like we talk about, my tribe has been reflective of the level of investment I'm willing to take in myself. Mm -hmm. And now yeah. I can use what I see every day. And like this might sound silly to people, but I look at who texts me every day and who messages me first and who emailed me and who called me. And I use that as a mirror, as a reflection yeah. of like how I'm being. Right. And so like, mm -hmm. what does that look like for you? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Like for everybody listening, it's like, well, I have my tribe. And I'm like, I thought that too. I thought I really that too. Did. I really, Same. really did. I was and, like, I had my community and I had yeah. my network. Yeah. And what it came down to is it like, I'll, this is the full disclosure podcast today, which it always is. 
<laughs> I had the tribe that I was pouring into first to create this illusion of connection without having to really connect as who I was. Yeah. So I had this yeah. circle of people, community, customers, team members, where my story became the connection point, but my story was the shield from my true self. Right. Right. And so I'd love yeah. your genius in this mm. very wide open question. So good. Well, I think we both could go back a few years ago, five, six, however many years ago, you know, a couple of years ago, God, and be like, I've got community, I've got tribe, like I've got them. And like I said, it's really was like more of a network because we're often taught just like how we're taught that we need to check these boxes and do these strategies in entrepreneurship. We're taught to network and to have as many people in your network as possible. And or your network is your net worth. Oh God, that's the worst <laughs> one. That's the worst one. I'm literally holding a crystal in my hand right now. And I wanted to hit myself in the head. <laughs> I've been holding this crystal. I always hold crystals when I'm talking and I'm just like, oh geez. Yeah, I was told that by like my first four business mentors. Your network is your net worth. Your network is your net worth, right? And so what happens is that we typically have these connections that are very surface level, right? They're very surface level, rooted in who you are, what you do, how many followers you have, how much money you make, where you live, what you drive, whatever it is. We've got these, these surface level connections. And we could go back and look at during those times, we were operating very on surface level. So because we were operating on surface level, our, all of our connections were surface level. And same thing, I connected with the credit card debt that I was in, the student loan debts that I, that I couldn't pay off. And so my credit dropped down to like the freaking lowest that I've, you know, I, don't, I don't remember the number, like five, four hundreds. You know, I could connect on the fact that I didn't have gas to put in my car. And so I quite literally found quarters around my dad's house because I couldn't afford rent on my own. I was living with my dad. And I literally found like $2.50 in quarters and filled up, you know, $2.50 worth of gas. And so like I could connect with those stories. I could connect with my eating disorder. I could connect with the surface level. And until I was able to go deeper and connect with myself deeper and heal myself deeper and understand my dramas deeper and my conditioning and reprogramming and all that, I, I couldn't have those friends. There was no way. There was no way. So when I started to do that, all of a sudden, I started to find like soul tribe. I started to find out we were talking before we recorded the podcast friends that I could just bawl my eyes out to mm -hmm. and they don't judge me. Mm -hmm. They don't think that I'm less than they actually see me more powerful because I can express those emotions. Mm -hmm. We started to find like find tribe that we actually could be like, hey, I'm struggling or hey, I want to unapologetically celebrate with you right now. Like I just want to own the fact that this is what happened or hey. I realized that I had this deep within me and I just healed it. And I want to talk about this. Like, could we just talk about this? So like the, our tribe reflects the depth in which we're willing to go with ourselves. but there's a hard thing. And I'd be curious to reflect this back on you to see when you shifted this because we're with ourselves, we're doing this work, right? But then all of a sudden we're letting these people in and it's so freaking vulnerable to show people our shit and to show people that we do struggle and to show people that we are terrified and so there's this like next level of trust, especially like, I I don't know brotherhood wounds, right? Because I don't have brotherhood. I'm a, I'm a woman, right? So I, the sisterhood wounds that run so deep within us as women, I mean, we backstabbed each other from the moment that we knew that girls were like, that, that we were girls. I remember like sixth grade, you, we were talking behind people's back. And remember when you could like star six, nine, remember like back on telephone I days, we like star six, nine people and like 
and like get them to talk like we did horrible things to each other as women like we we grew up in a world where we couldn't support one another because if you win that means that I don't win and I want to win like I want to win and I was I played sports my whole life so like I was competitive as hell and I was like I will win like I will win this game Mm -hmm. and so then there's that next level of actually letting people into your life and genuinely trusting that they have your best interest and that they want to see you succeed. And I'll be honest with you, George, like I'm still breaking those walls down for women. Like I had a, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think they do either. And I've had some difficult situations as a, as an entrepreneur, like the last couple of years with, with women who I thought were my friends and it ended up that they weren't. And so I don't think it's a thing that we're ever healed from. I think we're always doing the healing, but like, how was that for you of being able to actually break down those walls and let people like, actually trust another man to be like, Hey, I'm crying right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like I got goosebumps in my grundle. Uh, otherwise there's <laughs> in that moment. like when you said that, like my aunt- I'm so honored that I gave you goosebumps in your grundle. <laughs> I said that on a podcast the other day because I have to use alliteration. I was like, that's a fucking funny one. That's a good way to say I felt it in my root chakra. That's like totally my personality. If you don't know what a grundle is, do not Google it. Like, do not distrust, distrust him. Distrust. (laughs) Um, You know what's funny is, and funny meaning like reflectively now, is that the easiest place for me to go whenever I started opening up was to the feminine because that was where my trauma lied, you know, my abuse from women and, and things like that. But it was never a full expression of who I was, it was a manipulation of how I wanted them to see me right? Give me attention. And, I'm, I'm hurt. Yep. 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 To see me. Here we go. I have the upper hand. You don't realize that this is how I survived. I'm not doing this because of ill intention. I crave connection in humanity, but I don't know how to get right. it. And so right. for me, my vulnerability was actually one of the biggest parts of my addiction for so long because it, the, come, yeah. the come from wasn't out of a place of, I want you to see me. It was, I want to have some form of control over you so you don't leave me Mm. because that's my deepest fear. Because everybody I've ever loved has left. Right. That's what it felt like. And so for me, I was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to give you all of me and test you, bitch. And it was Mm. like... It was like truth bomb, but in a way that didn't work. And then I would say, <clears throat> of all motherfucking people, Stephanos. Um, mm-hmm. We were at a John Wineland event. We did not know each other. Mm. Know each other. I knew Christine. They were together. Did not know Stephanos. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. We're doing a five-day immersive with John Wyland, which if anybody wonders, I would choose Marine Corps boot camp for 13 weeks again over that work if you asked me, but now I will choose that work, but it's intense. Mm. 80 men, pure structure, pure container, 20 hours a day, stillness, sovereign. I mean, like, boom. Night three, we start working on daddy wounds, right? Dad and proud of you and like the brotherhood wounds, right? We get into Mm. diets. Who's my diet partner? Stefano, we did like a three hour dyad of like the deepest parts of like what it felt like was a two year old screaming for a man to just hug him and hold him and to say it's okay without thinking it's a way to pay back the abuse that came or the words that Mm. hurt and that it wasn't some reaction. 
And this went for three hours. And I mean, I was raw. My body mm. hurt. My eyes hurt. My eyes were swollen. And I saw him the next day at lunch. And we sat together and we just had this moment of silence. And then we didn't even know each other's names in the diet. So we mm. introduced each other. And I was like, what's your last name? And he's like, Sifondos. I'm like, are you Christine's boyfriend? And he's like, I am. He's like, what's your name? I'm like, George or Brian. And he's like, wait, are you that fucking caveman guy? I'm like, <laughs> I am. And that kind of opened up for me. But then I did it again. I went to another event and I loved bomb all the men. Mm. And so like, I want you to picture George because you know, George, 80 men in a room. Why are you here? My marriage is on the rocks. I'm such a failure. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, John, if you listen to this, because you listen to some, I fucking appreciate you for this more than you will ever know. <laughs> John stood me up in front of 90 men and said, this man doesn't know who he is as a man without a story. For the next seven days, if anything comes out of his mouth that's a story, you put your hand over his mouth and you give him a hug. Mm. And for seven days, I had 90 men holding me accountable, which was one of the hardest things mm. in my life. Because I didn't know how to just be. Like I was like, why would they stand next to me if I'm not doing something or fixing something or doing it right and for seven days i had 90 men i got to witness like the rawest hardest like week of my life and it was fucking hard yeah and then it got easy <laughs> with practice and now it's hard again because there's a mm. new level of depth there's right. a new level of understanding. There's a new level of like truth. Yeah. And what it feels like, Jen, is that I've manifested my own mission and vision for the world that I wrote down four fucking years ago. And I'm like, those are the words I chose. That's what I wanted. Here it You're is. Like, why was I not more specific with those words that I chose? The, wor the words, and I will never forget them, a shaman said, you don't have a purpose for your life. Mm. And he's like, find one. And I'll never forget. I opened a notebook and I wrote to stand with structure in the face of resistance to create possibility. And it was in that moment I said, this is why my life has been the way it's been. Because mm. my story can help create possibility for others. And that's where the lighthouse came from. Right. And then now what I have to remind myself is that to be a change maker, to make a difference, to stand for possibility <laughs> is that a lighthouse is alone, but it's not lonely, mm -hmm. right? It's serving a job. It's serving a purpose. And as an entrepreneur, it's like, okay, cool. I want, I want to achieve these things. I want to do these things. I want to build these things. And I wanted somebody to tell me how to do it, to tell me how to walk a road that had never been paved before. It's mm -hmm. my job to go into that darkness with enough confidence, self-love, and light to mark right. my own path. And so it's now the trail. when I say it's hard is it takes a lot more restraint for me to discern mm. why I'm sharing. Like mm -hmm. if I'm sharing to connect, to go deep, 
or am I sharing to disconnect and to repel? Right. So there's this big integrity thing that I, I work on now that I really plug into and I check into. Like, just for those wondering, like, before we hit record, I basically looked at Jen. I'm like, I'm blabbering in my feminine right now. We're <laughs> breath together. So, like, I can be. And it, it was like a release for me. Yeah. And so, um, when I say it's hard, I don't mean hard in the sense like I don't want to do it or there, but it requires a level of presence and investment into a muscle that is very new for me. It feels like a new leg or a new appendage that I'm like learning how to use. And it's like, okay, yeah. cool. it's not yeah. rammed into my subconscious yet as like my default operating system. And it's getting closer, but I love it though. And what I have mm -hmm. found is that the moments where I've been scared the most have created the biggest shifts. And the ones mm -hmm. where like I felt into it and I was like, but does this guy really want, and I was like, who gives a fuck? Like, this mm -hmm. is my truth, which actually, I wrote this question down earlier and I wanted to ask you, and that's the perfect segue. <laughs> because for me, is like the beginning of this podcast when I did your intro. I didn't do any research. I didn't go check anything out. I built the container in Parkinson's Law so I can trust myself. I can trust mm -hmm. my flow. I can trust my intuition, right? And so it's like, okay, yeah. Whatever is about to come out of my mouth is coming out of my mouth in this moment, right? Right. And so it's easy in the frame of like, hey, we're on a podcast. Cool, right? Yeah. But when I'm going throughout my day, I have millions of thoughts. Mm -hmm. My current exploration game mm -hmm. is when do I take those thoughts and put them into action? And mm. when do they remain thoughts that need to marinate? Yeah, before they get put into action. Mm. And so mm. you are like, if things don't feel good, listen, or like you, intuitive, magnetized, like truly in your power, your sacred morning, sitting with the dog, like overlooking the lake, like manifesting. And you're like, I got a thought. Yeah. Right? Do you take that thought and just act on it? Or do you mm. put it through a process mm. and sit with it? Like, what is that like for you? Mm. Well, what's interesting, my belief, my, my way of being is that we as humans, we know this, we talked about this a little bit, masculine and feminine energies, right? And the feminine is the one that births, births, that's a word, births. The feminine like is the one that births it. It births these new <laughs> so thoughts. It births the new thoughts. But like we don't birth things out of our head. We don't birth things because we speak things out of our mouth. Like birthing is a, it's like that is a deep feeling in our body. That is like a sacral knowing of like, and that's the sacral, right? The sacral sacral chakra is one of creation, co-creation, also tied with sexuality. Mm -hmm. So it's like when it comes down to an idea, a download, a, I'm doing something, I'm having a conversation and I've got this thought. It's like, okay, I've got this amazing thought. I always write it down because like you, there's a lot of things that happen yeah. in my mind on, on a moment to moment basis. So like I've got you know, I'm the queen of, of stickies on my computer. I'm the queen of notes on my phone. And I am the queen of like random loose, loose 
See, sticky notes are too small, so I really like loose leaf pieces of paper. See, yep. like this is what I'm a big fan of. Yep, I've got these all over. I the have place. probably seventy of those, like right there on the desk. Right. This is when I realized I was turning into my mother. I was like, oh God, I walk into her house and there's paper everywhere. I'm like, oh, I'm really becoming you. No. So like I I get them out. I get them out of my mind and I know that it's time to birth them into the world when like I like a baby, right? I have not birthed a baby, nor have you. However, we can, (laughs) we can conceptualize. (laughs) We can, you've been a part of it, but we can conceptualize this idea. Nobody's like, you know what? I think I'm going to pop this baby out. I know that it's a few weeks. Like the baby says it's time for it. Like your body is like, hey, this thing is ready to be birthed. And so when it comes to the ideas, it's like I, I birth ideas into the world when my body is like, this has to come out. Mm-hmm. Like this has to come out. I think that when we birth things, it comes out for us, like for our next level. Like if we let our work really expand us, that's a really cool thing that with the work that we get to do. But oh my gosh, like the world needs this. Women need this. Mm-hmm. Men need this. Like people need this in their in their lives. So like for me, I jot down the idea and then like when it's like when the baby is about to pop, it's like, all right, now it's time to birth it. But like you feel it. I really think that when you're in when you're tapped in, you're in tune, you're aligned with your body, like you know. And I've done this, I'm sure you have too, where I've birthed plenty of ideas because I thought it was a good idea and I thought I could make a lot of money out of it. No, and let's talk about let's talk about what the hell happens with that. Nothing. <laughs> like well, nothing. No, you you lose money. You lose and money. Time. And, 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 and opportunity. Time. Yeah. And energy and, and energy. presence with your family yeah. and happiness. Like you lose things. It's like you're, you're, it's like this baby's put it back in. It's not ready to be birthed yet. Yeah. So as entrepreneurs, we've got to be able to discern the difference. Like when is this your ego being like, oh shit, it's the 17th of the month and I want to make more money this month. So, oh, I'm just going to create this program or this idea. And when is it like, oh my gosh, I know like this is time for this. And this is, this ties into then. If you genuinely have trust and faith in knowing that what vision is in you is for you, you genuinely know that you're going to make whatever amount of money that you desire to make. If you genuinely trust in your manifestation and, and utilizing the law of attraction, if you genuinely trust in a t- in that, then who are we to mess up a timeline and try to birth a baby six months before it's actually meant to be birthed? It's so, so profoundly true. And it all just keeps coming down to like, I get asked... 50 times a day. I mean, like the amount of messages I get every day, right? What's the secret? What's the secret? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And it's like, oh, if I told you the truth, you're not going to like it. So it's like, what does it feel like? How's it feel? And they're like, feeling like feeling doesn't make money. I'm like, well, I don't, I can't tell you the last time that a robot bought your program. Right. <laughs> I can't, I can't. I, right. I have yet to see an AI bot whip out their credit card and be like, based on the parameters that they set in their preferences in their brain housing group, that this is the thing that, no. Like, oh yes, I would love to buy 17 calls and 14 extra videos. Like, yes, that would just make sense. The reason I say that is because like, for me, what took me so long to realize is that like, oh yeah, strategies and tactics serve a purpose, but you have to remember that they're transactional in nature. And then the other side is a human with feelings. And the definition of sales is a transfer of energy. Right connection and it's like i tell people i'm like oh you don't think this works like you don't think energetics works or what jen's talking about works i'm like cool scroll through instagram right now and stop on the first picture that makes you feel the fucking heebie-jeebies in your body i'm mm-hmm. like you can spot them from a mile away you yes. can be standing in a conference and you can look and be like that's the dude that's gonna pitch me and you can yep and he's it. not gonna stop pitching me until i freaking pay him and then you can feel it Mm-hmm. 
And then yeah. for me as a man, what it's been really like embodying is like, okay, cool. Those feelings are always there. But it's when I put in those feelings of like, what's this feel like? Like for me, somebody asked me on a podcast that they're like, how do you define your success for the day? And I was like, oh, that's a really good question. And I said, when I put my head on the pillow next to my son, in that moment, I know if I don't wake up that he would be proud of the day that I created. Mm. And like, that's my answer. Yeah. And it's funny because that answer has quote unquote made more money than right. any strategy or tactic that I've right. ever employed. And I mean, I've built right. big fucking companies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, doesn't even come close. No, no, it's because different. it's the feeling. It's the like the heart to heart connection. And that's like this, this phone, these apps, like everything that we're on. I like, they're the most miraculous things ever. I think yeah. I mean, it's incredible what we can create so because good. of one freaking platform called Instagram. It's amazing right. what we can do, but we can't, but we can't ever with that. We can't ever lose the connection piece. Like when I was a teacher, my first year, I swore I was never going to teach kindergarten. I was like singing and dancing with kids and like helping them like button up their pants and tie their shoes. Like I'm out. My first job was a kindergarten teacher. So definitely manifested that one. So my first, my first day as a teacher, I had this book that my dad got me, like teacher saved the world or something. I opened up the book and there was a quote and it was unknown. Like, I don't even know who this quote is from. And it said, in order, it said, you must first make a connection with the heart in order to make a connection with the mind. Mm -hmm. And that was like my signature at the end of my email. You know, I was a teacher for eight years and I was, I had six different roles as a teacher in eight years. I was doing everything in the school. And every single role I had that stayed at the bottom of my email chain. And the moment that I decided to leave that career and become an entrepreneur, it was like literally ingrained in me. I was like, you must first make a connection with the heart in order to do anything. Like in order to get a sale, in order to like anything, you always have to make a connection with the heart because that's something that's so missing in this world. And it's so missing, you know, in, in a very saturated market. Let's just call it what it is. It's a very saturated market. But you think even outside of this world, like be it where I choose to shop, the shops that I go to here in Austin, the where I go buy my 20 freaking dollar smoothie every day when I can literally just go down the street and get like a $4 smoothie. I go to the $20 smoothie place, which I know that you are definitely a fan of Sun Life. I, I go there. Nothing when I get there tomorrow. Literally, like I go there because like I love the owner. I love the staff. I love the way that it makes me feel like I love being a part of that. So it's, mm -hmm. it's something that yeah, strategy, strategy, strategy. But if you can make a connection with the heart, that's how we really, truly, not only make the sale, that's how we actually change people's lives. That because we sense. really, really are connecting at the core. And we know that's how we change from within. And there's a lot of people and I've, I've been in masterminds and I've been in programs where like, it looked like they were heart led. And then I very quickly was like, Oh, here we go. Like, I was just a number. I was just a number to a multi-million dollar business. I was just a number. And I hated that feeling. I was like, that's not the way in which we change this world. That's not the way that we all shift into this new paradigm of life and business and living. It starts with the heart. And so that connection piece, I mean, it is the most underutilized aspect of it all. Thousand percent. Because closing is a byproduct of connection. That's all it is. hundred percent. And like, here's what's funny. It's like, you even say that, like my mastermind has done 350 grand a month. It's done 10 grand a month. And right now it's actually the lowest ever been. I'm even telling about it because I fucking love every ounce of it. I'm like, you're family. Yeah. And they're like, you're mm -hmm. in a little too much. I'm like, oh no, no, we got more. Let's go. Like I yeah. want more. 
I want more. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's so interesting too, because the, the one thing I want to say is like, and I'm going to hit the point about Sun Life because there's a really good thing that I wanted to ask you about there. But it's like, you know, one of the things that I've had to really rely on, like everybody's like messaging me. They're like, hey, did you see this company? They're talking about like getting on phone calls with their customers. Did you see this person? Like they're talking about adding value. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, you remember six years ago when I started and all you told me I was fucking crazy and I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, that's the thing. I always come back to that like mission statement for me because it's like, okay, cool. Like there's going to be people that don't like the lighthouse. There's going to be people that say they don't need it. For sure. I mean, they don't want it. And I was like, but here's the thing. If I turned my light off every time somebody said that, everybody else wouldn't get right. to see it. And when they realized that there was something different, the light wouldn't be there anymore. And so for me, right. I, I just want to put a bow on just what we've talked about up to this point because it's been so powerful for me. It's like I am a very well-connected human being. Like I am a phone call away from anything that you could ever need money wise, travel wise, jet wise, life wise, connection wise. It doesn't matter. I'm a a minute away. Right. Yeah. And understanding all of that and putting a bow on it is that when I really, really get down to it, the only journey I have is the one with me. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I spent a good 10 years of my career thinking that my journey was going to happen through osmosis of everybody else. Right. And then I realized that no journey was happening, nor no depth, nor no relationship until I focused on the right place. And I was like, oh, got it. And so now I'm like, cool. And like we talked about this earlier, it's like imagine the depth of relationships when you get deeper into yourself and deeper into your intimacy and deeper into your energetics and deeper into your world. And yeah. like, that's what it is for me. Like everything that you're saying is like so bad. I feel so edified <laughs> and so happy. And so all these things. And, and I wanted to ask you about this because um, I watched what you do and it's fucking incredible. And I said this earlier mm. and I said my favorite part is that there's zero nuance and it is exactly as it seems. It is exactly Mm -hmm. as it seems. And I know for me, when I've heard the terms like manifestation or calling in or designing your life, the reason it didn't work is because I was selective on where I did it. I did it where it was Mm -hmm. comfortable. Yeah. I didn't do it where it was required. I was like, oh, I can compartmentalize this one part of my life. And be like, whoop, whoop over here. But when nobody's looking, I'm going to go self-deprecate and self-harm. Yeah. <laughs> and wonder why nothing really is coming in. Right. And I realized that uh, a lot of it was my environment. A lot of it was my environment. It was the choices that I was making every day because I realized that in an average day, I probably make 400 choices. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, if I'm choosing all these things that aren't aligned to my vision that aren't aligned to what I want, then there's zero way, no matter how much work I do, no matter how much strategy I do, no matter how much coaching, no matter how much, it's just never going to work. Yeah. And so when you talk about like choosing sun life, when you talk about like, you know, choosing this place, like choosing a morning practice before you get up in your phone, like choosing to go on a walk with your husband before you watch Netflix and chill, like choosing all of those parts are what's helped me the most. So like, what are your thoughts on on that? Like, would you say that like some of the most powerful stuff is like once you get that clarity of like, okay, I want to burn it all down, right? Like no mm-hmm. more. I want to add fun to my business. Yeah. That a lot of it comes from things that are actually outside of the business in creating that sacred space and designing your life mm-hmm. to flourish in the business. Would that be fair to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I really believe that. I mean, 
one of the most, another, another thing that we, we all know in the self-development world is how we do anything is how we do mostly everything, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like how I live my life is how I show up in my business. How I speak and look at myself when I'm getting ready in the morning is how I show up when I'm on my Instagram stories. How I connect with myself is how I connect with friends. How I connect with my husband is how I connect with clients, right? Like how I do anything is how I do mostly everything. And and it's just that constant reminder of that. And there were parts of like my journey where like I was hiding the the spiritual you know, the spirituality part of it because I was like, what the fuck are people going to think when I tell them that I like yes. I like talked. Like I talk to my spirit guides. <laughs> like, like, what are people going to think when I tell them that my grandfather is coming back as an owl to remind me to tap into my creativity? Like, what are people going to think when I start talking about plant medicine? Like, what are people going to think when I tell them that I'm sitting in ceremony this weekend? Like, what are people going to think if I tell them that I do happy random? Like, what are people going to think? Right? Yeah. And it was like, Jen, all of these part. These are such a part of why you've been so freaking successful. Like. It would be out of integrity to not share these parts of you. It would be straight up wrong that 70% of the way that you're living, you're not talking about because it's like, well, what are people going to think if they, if I claim that I, like, I show my medicine woman side of me, like, what will people think? And so I started to just, just, unapologetically your shirt, just unapologetically be myself, like authenticity, right? And I think that word is like, you know, it can be very easily misinterpreted, but I was like, I'm just going to be unapologetically. let me be authentic. I'm like, well, the moment you say that, um, that, um, <laughs> it's like, I love you, but it's like, yeah, no, right. My, my no. wife's like, I, my old one, Jen, you'll laugh at this. I don't know if you ever had this one, but my yeah. old one was, let me be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, what have you been fucking lied to me for six years? Like why now? Right. Like, and I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. Got, got it. That the word, no offense, no offense, but no like, offense, it's, yeah, it's but, like, yeah. Uh-huh. no offense. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's like when we claim like integrity is my core value. I'm like the fact that you have to say it is is a little is a little questionable, but it it is right. Like I was, it, it was out of integrity, right? I I, I was like I've got to show all parts of me, you know. And I and it comes down to what you said about choices. Like I actually have been debating getting a, the tattoo like choose on my arm because it's like every single thing that we do is a choice. It's like, I choose my highest self. I choose to let go of this. I choose to heal. I choose to deepen into love. I choose to be unapologetic. Like it, every single thing is our choice. And so when we're looking, I look at the life that I live, like it's, 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 it's a direct reflection of the business that I have. Like everything coincides with one another, right? It's like, how can I live the most extraordinary life? And how can I have the most, how can I witness and feel the most extraordinary amount of love? How can I have the most extraordinary connections? How can I literally like have so much fun, so much play? Like how can I play with my dogs and have so much fun in, in just an hour? Like how can I live the most extraordinary life? And then let's add business and then let's add money to it. Because if we are going, we talked about this earlier, if we are going to, show up and we're not fulfilled in our extraordinary lives that we only can go so far in our business. And so it's like, I believe that our business is, is the result of the overflow of us. Like I am so happy. I'm so lit up. I'm so in love with the life that I live and I, yeah, shit comes up and yes, I heal, but guess what? I love the healing. I love sitting there in a freaking fetal position, bawling my eyes out and be like, somebody holds me through this. Because I know what's on the other side of it, right? Like I know what's on the other side of it. And I know that if I'm filled up and if I'm living in overflow, I am so much, I'm such a better leader. I'm such a better leader. And we, we attract in our overflow. 
Like mm-hmm. we literally, the overflow is what we all need to be focusing on. I want to be like you when I grow up, Jen. I just want to be like, <laughs> I just want to be like you. I'm like, I have hope because we were related in some prior soul contract. So I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm like, I'm like fucking vibing and buzzing right now. I love it. And you know what's funny? You know, I have a feeling we're going to be spending a lot more time together yeah. in, you know, in real life. Like, even more. You're crying like in the fetal position. Yeah. Um, for those of you wondering, my wife and I are incredible and we're doing incredible work together, but we do a lot of work together and we heal traumas and we heal a lot of it. And yeah. as you know, I have deep rooted sexual trauma around the feminine that has caused some issues in our marriage and, and things, not issues, but areas of work that need to be done. And, and Jen, you're going to laugh at this. Like we had this big conversation the other day. My wife and I, I felt like I was in junior high. We were on the phone for 11 hours because she was in Costa Rica and I was in Ohio. And I was like, mm. I think we rode probably the same roller coaster 67 times in one day. <laughs> and like we got through all of it. And then I'll never forget at the end, like some of the things that we talked about and cleared, I was like, how am I okay with these? But I'm so glad I'm okay with these. And this is the work we need to do. And this is it. Yeah. And then she's like, do you need anything? And Jen, I know shit. I said, when I come home, I want you to sit on the floor and I want to lay in your lap and I want you to hold me like a baby. And I just want to be held by you. We are literally this. I tell all that all the time. I'm like, can you just hold me like a baby, like a baby, like a baby, like a baby, like, yes. And I I told her, I said, I have reverence for you as my wife. And I said, but I also realized that I've never allowed since that day when I was five, the feminine to hold me, to support me. And I was like, when I met mother ayahuasca, God, you pick your label. I'll never forget when I said like Akashic records to somebody one time and then, you know, numerology. And then I'm like, oh yeah. Yep, straight jacket George over here. You nailed it. Right. I'm in. Right? I'm uh, like, well, Jupiter is, uh, you know, and and yeah. Taurus right now. So that yeah, and then sense. there's there's just a little too much, you know. Uh, this is what I tell people now. Like, um, uh, there's three colors of crayons in my box: black, white, pink. That's it, right? I don't need 64 varieties. Like, I work pretty well with those colors, and I'm loud enough with just pink that I don't need any more, right? Like, I make my statement. True. Yeah, Jen's like, yep, yep, true, totally. I have yep, pink yep. shoes by Vention. Brand new pink shoes. No, I can't pink. wait to see them. They're making the debut. They're coming out. Um, and then, um, but I, I just remember, like when when I was going through all of this and and starting to heal and starting to connect. Oh, the the, the point I was going to make is like we, you talked earlier about like uh, you know, my human body, my soul, right? Like this human. Yeah. Like, until you can explain to me how this fucking meat suit is held together. And how right. all I have is quote unquote protons and neutrons, right? And atoms spinning around in this space. And if I cut it and then it heals and you can't right. like literally logically or scientifically explain it, even though people with egos think that they can, even though if you really ask critical questions, there's a lot of holes in it. Right. Then there is something about our feelings and intuition. And, and I had a thought earlier that I wanted to share because you talked about, like, I asked you about the thoughts and how do you know when to act on them? And you might laugh at this. I hope you do. But I'll never forget. I was in Costa Rica sitting with ayahuasca, right? Mm-hmm. And my intention, um, my intention that night was uh, merge me back with my soul at all costs. Merge me mm. back with my soul at all costs. Because the first two nights I refused to add the word all cost. Um, I just kept, you know, merge me back with my soul. And those are some really rough nights. Um, Only if it feels good. <laughs> um, it felt worse by not asking all costs. All costs happen. And it was the most profound and beautiful night of my fucking life. 
Yeah. And the next morning we're in integration. How's everyone else? Like mine was horrible. And they're like, why? And I was like, because nothing happened. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, I had all these thoughts of like, what if this and what if this and what if this and why that? And then he said, okay, cool. He's like, do you really think that you instilled those own thoughts in your fucking brain? And I was like, oh yeah. And he's like, oh, you're convinced that every thought and idea that you have is coming from your trauma or your understanding. He's like, try this on for size. Take all the thoughts that you wrote down last night and ask yourself a different question. Where did Mm -hmm. they come from and why did they show up? Yes. And then I was like, oh, fuck. Right. And then he looked at me (laughs) and then he like, so now what? And then I was like, oh, and he's like, let me guess. It was too easy. Wasn't hard enough for you, was it? Didn't hurt enough, did it? Mm. And then I was like, uh, and he's like, medicine works, bro. And he said, bro, his name's Drew. I fucking love him. He's like, works, bro. And then literally, Jen, it collapsed every paradigm that I've ever had. Yeah. Right. The, the holistic psychologist posted something this morning, and mm. uh, it's so true to even this conversation. If our identity is wrapped in struggle or suffering, feeling good will mm. register in the body as a threat. Right, right. And, I and that's what happens to people. That's a lot of what we talked about today with entrepreneurship. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you know, like I think about the days, like, I, I mean, like some of the shit that I've accomplished should have been impossible. Mm-hmm. And then rather than go celebrate it, I avoided celebration at all costs, mm. you know? And it's like this whole yeah. thing, like if anybody listening to this, like the one thing, like the one thing I would say out of this entire conversation is feel the feelings and love the feelings. Like feel all of them, all of them. And I mean, all of them, every ounce of them. Like for those wondering, like in this call, on this conversation, I've probably felt 500 feelings. Like right. I ugly cried. That's probably the ugliest cry I've had. Like that one hit me <laughs> deep. I like mildly cried. And then in the middle of this, I see a text message pop up from my wife. You, me, dinner, 5 p.m. I love you. And I'm like, ah! you know what I mean? It's like all, yeah. all of the things. And it's like, yeah. and I think that like, that's the most beautiful part. Cause here's what I'll say. Like I, I and I love this podcast, Jen, because like we're friends. So I feel like we can actually just talk back and forth. It doesn't feel like that. <laughs> so I had a little bit of like shame in my brain for talking too much. And then I was like, Jen's not going to like me. <laughs> um, I, um, yeah. That was the thought. Drama, I just, right? That was the thought yeah. I just had. Just like 10 seconds right? ago for everybody wondering what it's like to be inside of these brains. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, is she okay that I share all this? I'm talking so much. I don't know. But that's what we get to do. It's a beautiful co-creation, you know, and that like breaks the paradigm of what a podcast even is or what a friendship even is, right? It's like, it's a co-creation. It's like, we say something, it evokes something else. We say something, it evokes something else. And like that to me, those are the most authentic things to listen to. And that, those are the things that really shift us so much to our core. It's like, oh damn, they went there. Podcast two and podcast three, because like, We are not getting through this list that I have that, like, I'm ready to explore. Um, we're gonna make this a three part series. You, we're gonna have to. We're gonna. We're gonna have to. <laughs> um, you know, but it's it's really interesting because one of the biggest struggles that I've had is that I feel like an alien, and I, and I mean mm-hmm. that. Like, 
so much of my career, like I'm getting flown on a jet and I'm standing in a coliseum with a professional NBA team in pink shoes and a fucking hoodie with all these millionaires and billionaires and they're paying me to be there. Yeah. And I'm like, number one, I'm already short and now I'm with an NBA team, right? You want to talk about like really pushing the boundary of like knowing and loving yourself. And I'm like, yeah, guys, like I'm, I'm the big guy in this meeting here. Like what? You know, like it's crazy all the way up to the boardrooms of Adidas and some of the biggest companies in the world. And it's fucking crazy to me because if you were to ask me why all these people paid me so much money, yeah. the number one thing that they all wanted was to feel good about mm. what they did. And everyone, mm -hmm. the jets, the cars, the acquisitions, the all of it, every single one came down to they had never allowed themselves to feel because they were programmed that feelings were bad and they just had to succeed and run people over. And then it caused turmoil in the entire team that felt on eggshells right. every single day. But because the world celebrates the wrong fucking unit of measure for conversion, everybody right. perpetuates it and just makes it worse. And it's like so funny because everyone's like, George, what do you really do in a company? I'm like, quite frankly, the first thing I do is I get the entire staff in a room and I ask everybody what's going on and then I separate them. I separate mm. the C-suite, I separate the staff, I separate like the low people and the interns. And then I don't tell them this. And then I bring them all back in the room and I tell them all what they said about each other. And I hold a safe space to clear and it's fucking crazy because we've walked out of those right. meetings and two days later, the business revenue goes up 23%. Or right. 17% or that launch that failed the week prior relaunches and all of a sudden it magically works, right? Or right. all of a sudden that ad works. And I'm saying this because you do so much in energetics and I've yeah. done so much in measure, money, yeah. monetary. And I'm going to tell you right now, the number one fucking secret that makes them all work is the energy that they put into them. Right. It it's, is the yeah. number one fucking thing. Yeah. And so like, just for everybody, like if I gave you a crash course in anything or anything of value, I think the only mistake you could ever make today is not follow Jen on Instagram. The end. <laughs> That's it. So you. Jen, can I, can I, ha can I, can I do a confessional for you right now? I would love, I would love to receive this confession. Let's hear it. Okay. So on my phone and I have my phone in front of Jen right now. On my phone, there are three or four videos of screen recordings, Jen. And oh, God. they happen to be screen recordings of your entire Instagram story for that day. And I have many of them. And then they are accompanied with the text messages to my team that says, Oh, my gosh. If we don't do what Jen does and how she does it, we're failing. This woman is the embodiment of everything that we teach. Use this. Send it like there's three or four of them, and <laughs> Ashley on my team gets them all. And she's like, George, I follow her now. You don't have to keep texting me. And I'm like, that's okay. I need I need to do this because I screen record. <laughs> oh, I love you. I I and here's why it's so powerful for me. Like, I'm the guy who teaches this, right? And most marketing yeah. goes over my head. Like, I'm like, oh no, 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 like nothing. Yeah, I can't not watch what you post because it makes me feel oh. something every single time. Oh, it makes me feel grateful to be your friend. It makes me feel mm. grateful for the work you're doing. It makes me feel happy for the women 
that are enrolling in your stuff because you can feel the depth and the integrity in what it is that you're doing. And so I was only partially kidding and partially self-deprecating when I said I want to be like you when I grow up. But it's it's what I I strive for and I have a lot of other people strive for. And so, you know, for everybody listening to this, like I, I, I would give a glowing fucking requirement to go follow and to look because I feel like some of the best teaching is watching. And it's a beautiful thing to witness. And what I love so much is that like there's nothing you're hiding behind the scenes. Nothing. You're open about no. all of it, about the money and how you called it in and what your morning process and your rituals and all of it. And so yeah. for everybody that's listened to this, that you've spent 10 years following me, millions of people that have heard me say this, I want you to fucking hear it. Mm-hmm. Jen is a walking embodiment of what the quote unquote secret is. And it's not a funnel and it's not an upsell and it's not a strategy and it's not a tactic and it's not a trick. And it doesn't make you feel dirty and you don't need a fucking soul shower when you're done. The truth is it's a full embodiment. And and I will say this. And for those that have listened to 275 episodes, I've never fucking said this before. But it is the quote unquote secret. That's it. Use it. Pay attention to it. And we didn't even get to that part of the show. But Jen, it just felt natural to say in that moment. And so Mm. her Instagram, because the cat lady has hers. (laughs) jen kennedy t-h-e-j-e-n-n and then k-e-n-n-e-d-y you got it oh yeah jen kennedy and i'll do you one favor because this is my podcast and this is how i roll if you want to make it really easy just send me a dm that says jen and i will send you her profile trust me send it right over i'll make it over so jen i'm gonna i'm gonna put a an insert page break in my notes because <laughs> round two and round three. And what I was thinking, we were talking and I was like, you know, it'd be really fun is um, the three of us doing a podcast and then the six of us doing a podcast. Like me, Lindsay, you, you, Taylor, Jen. I mean, you, Taylor, uh, Pat and Johnny. And I'm like, I don't know what will happen. I was like, but I see that in my Let's future. do so it. Like, Let's do it. In person four. though, in person. It has we'll to just, be in person. This has to be in person. And yeah, then for everybody wondering, like, I'm literally going to see Jen and Pat either tomorrow or Saturday. And I was like, oh, but all my equipment's here anyway. So I was like, we'll do this remote. It's way easier. So it's perfect. But our next one, we'll just all come back to Montana in the summer and we'll do yeah. tons of hikes and some nice medicine. And we're going to, we'll just, we'll do it. We'll do Montana in the summer. You know that my husband was born to live in Montana. I know he was. Oh, I'm stoked on that. I'm stoked on that. <laughs> I'll be in the jungle. He'll be my, and we'll just, we'll just. We had many, you know? we had many chairlift conversations and I was like, oh yeah, you're, you're my boy, bro. I got you. I got you. We're, we're here. Oh uh, yeah. We're here. Oh my gosh. And, I love uh, you. I'm so grateful. Y'all. Oh, you and me both. So before we asked and started, I, I asked Jen and I was like, what would be the thing that you'd be bummed if we didn't talk about? And she's like, well, the one thing that always comes up is money. And I want to mm. say this intentionally now because 90 minutes in, we've talked about nothing but money right just in the the actual things that change our relationship with it that allow it to be a tool in our life 100 percent. so what i love jen is for you to put a bow on it so we can (laughs) close with that before we hit the last question i love you so so grateful for you thank you for all of that by the way because you guys, when people say things like the way, well, this will be part of the bow. 
is that the way how we do anything is how we do mostly everything. So the way in which we receive kind words, the way in which we receive friendships, the way in which we receive love, the way in which we receive anything is quite literally the way in which we are able to receive money. So when we are fully able, right, because we ask, we ask for things and that our job is to align to become that. And then our next job is to actually be able to fully receive and allow the thing in. So I will put a bow on it with that and be the asking for things and knowing that we are worthy and, and all of the stuff that we've talked about, it, it all has everything to do with your ability to be wildly successful in this world. And not only money, like money is only one small area. It's like love and in connection and happiness and joy and abundance and all of the things. And we'll dive more into money in another episode because we're going to, we're, we're going to be back together. I could, I could <laughs> do an entire episode on my conspiracy theory of the paradigm as to why the world has a broken relationship with money because it makes them susceptible to control and manipulation. We literally are going to, that's all right. But write that down for our next topic. Like it's all of the important. stories that we have. <laughs> it's so great. I don't have to write it down because I'm a verbal processor. I'm like, Jenna, I'm right. going to add it. I'm going to add it to my 77th page over there that I won't look at for another year. Are you mean like these? All yeah, these like those these <laughs> or that one. And it's like, okay, cool. And then I went to digital and I had to stop digital because I had a running list and it felt okay yes, to it, me. So yep, I, I was like, this is. Yep, same. I'm like, this isn't helpful. No, yeah. no, no, okay. not at okay. all. So, so good. I gotta end the show in the in the normal fashion I do. So first, it, I don't think you need another recommendation. Go fucking check out our Instagram. You're welcome. <laughs> a little toxic masculinity being overly compensated and direct. Go. Okay, I've let it go. We're good. Sweet. Go check out our Instagram. The Jen oh. Kennedy. Two ends in Jen and two ends in Kennedy. There, there we go. go. Or DMing. Okay. So Jen, this I'm gonna I'm gonna be processing this episode on my flight tomorrow, and I'm gonna be like reading my own notes over here because this was huge. But I like to envision that everybody listening to this just got men in black for the previous 90 minutes, right? Somebody just mm -hmm. tuned in. They happen to be sitting in the car. They jumped into this part of the episode, and they have no context for anything that we talked about. But you have the ability to tattoo a piece of wisdom into their soul that they will take with them forever. Mm. What would you have them hear? right now that you have the ability to co-create any life that you desire to live and that you are meant to live that life like you are meant to live in your bigness you are meant like we came here to do big things that was our mission and why we all came here. That's why you're listening to this podcast. That's why you followed George. Like we came here to be the biggest versions of ourselves, to live a limitless life. And you have the ability to co-create with whatever it is that you believe that's above you, God, source, universe, whatever you want to call it. Like you have the ability to co-create the most beautiful life. And it's not going to be easy, but it's not supposed to be easy. <laughs> it was easy. Everyone would do it. We'd, we'd just have a very different world. So you have that ability and that's the power that like, I think both of us really wish to instill within people is like, this is your freaking life to live. And listen, we got, we, we all, we all went through some shit to get here and it's our job and it's our responsibility to heal, to let go of those old stories and to write our own. And when you know that power, like it is the most beautiful life that we all get to live and we get to live it together. I love it.
I love it. That would be a long tattoo. That'd be a really long tattoo. That's all right. But I have you could space. get it. <laughs> I said you're tattooing their soul, so it's infinite. Oh, you're right. Okay, you're right. You're right. Done. Done. I was thinking 3D. I forgot that we're talking 5D. My bad. All right. We are, we are full 5D here. What's so funny is like in 40 years, it took me it took me 40 years to realize that every fortune cookie is simple and true. Right. But my humanity has complicated and messed up the process. So true. And so true. In that vein. I read something the other day and you hit this and, and I'm going to add my two cents, um, which I don't normally do, but it's on my heart to where we have all experienced a lot and it doesn't matter what your story looks like. It doesn't change the reception of the trauma. We've all had it. We all have it. We can relate and we can bond over it. And the most beautiful part though, is that through those situations and those experiences, there were things that were passed down generationally, experientially through mm -hmm. trauma but there were also gifts that were passed down as well. Right. And when you start to acknowledge the trauma and release the story and live in the possibility, you start to find the gifts that give meaning to mm. those moments. Mm. And that's how I want to end today. Aho. So everybody, <laughs> it's been a fucking blast. <laughs> we'll see you in another episode. You will definitely see yes, you in will. episode or you will hear me in your <laughs> But either way, we're going to put a bow on it. We're going to wrap. Jen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for being here. Everybody oh, listening, love you. Uh, thank you for giving us the one gift that we can't give back to you, which is time. And so I hope it's been meaningful. Have a beautiful day. And now let's cue the outro. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.